Welcome everyone to the Ovet Oradaf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Dab Zion. We will begin on the Vav Amubet towards the bottom of the page where it says Amar B'chia Barabin Amar B'yochan. Uh, today's daf is available. Anyone who would like the zechut of sponsoring the, ne- the next uh, few weeks of daf, please call me or Mike Solomon to be able to uh, get the zechut of that. Today's daf, however, should be a refuah for Farah ben Latifa. Bezat Hashem, you should have a smooth surgery. Okay. So, the Gemara had had a three-way machloket. What happens if a person read the Megillah in the, on the, fir, in the first Adar, Adar Aleph, without realizing that there was going to be an Adar Bet? And then the rabbis came and decided to put a second Adar. Nowadays, the calendar is set. But in the time of the Gemara, or earlier than the time of the Gemara, it was not. And therefore, the rabbis could come to, to make a leap here. And when they did, they did it after we already read the Megillah, what would be the halacha about redoing that, as well as other mitzvot, like matanot levyonim, and, um, and the, the parashat zachor, and all the other parashiyot, and all those things. Those are things that, have, things that happen in Adar, do they have to be redone? So we had Tanakama, and it was Yossi, and Rashbag. Uh, and we had three different opinions. Whether one that was saying that you have to go back for everything, all mitzvot that are in the second one already work in the first one as well. Besides the Mikram Megillah, that's the first one. Then you have Azabel Yosi who says that every all, all the mitzvot completely are done. Even Megillah, when you're ready, you don't have to go back. Then you have Rashbag who says that all the mitzvot are not relevant for the first one. Okay, now, our Gemara wants, we're starting over there on the bottom. Amar Bechia Barabin, Amar Yochanan, Halacha, Kirishimon, Ben Gamliel, Shemar, Meshom, Yossi, that has to be, all have to be done again. Okay, so anything that was done the first one has to be done again. Now, Amar Yochanan, Vishnehem, both Rashbag and Elizabeth Yossi, they're learning it from the same pasuk. The rabbis who are saying you have to do it again and you don't have to do it again from the same pasuk. It says, It mentions the word every year. Just like every year the things in Megillah have to be in the, in the Adar that's closest to Shvat. Adar is in between Shvat and Nisan. It's Shvat, Adar, Nisan. Right, so one looks at the pasuk Kol Shana as well. Just like every year, the Adar is closest to uh, Nisan, to, to Shvat. So to here, it has to be in Adar Aleph, which is the one that's closest to Shvat. Welcome, good to see you. We missed you, right? He says Bechol Shana Shana. Right, Rabban Shimon Shana He also is Kol Shana Shana. Ma Kol Shana Shana Adar Just like every year, it's the Adar that's closest to Nisan. Right, Afkan Adur Nisan has been the second Adar. Bishlam Ravazal Ben Yosi, we understand Ravazal Ben Yosi and Mavin Masvot. The reason why he picks Kol Shanav Shana to be early, the earlier one Adar Aleph, 
because we have a rule, and you don't pass on a mitzvah. And therefore, if you're not sure what to do, let's say it's Adar Aleph, because he wants to follow the rule of don't pass over a mitzvah. Again, we're not sure which, which Adar is. It says, call Shana which could go either way, either closer to Nisan or closer to Shvat. You with me? Yeah, so he picks the one that, 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 that helps us not pass over a mitzvah. Ella, so why does he say it's the second Adar? According to Rashbag, why would he say, tell you to pass over Adar Rishon? The reason why he says you should use the second Adar for all the mitzvot is because he'd rather put Geula, redemption, next to Geula. Why? Because if you put Purim in the first Adar, like we have this year, the first Adar, so the first Adar is further away from Pesach, which is Geula. So since the Jews got redeemed on Purim, and they also got redeemed on Pesach, it's better, according to Rashbag, to put to do, use Adar Sheni for Purim and not Adar Rishon because it puts the two Geulahs together. That's why he's rather that than passing over a mitzvah. Good? Oh. What? No clear? Not clear? Right, the question is which Adar is the right one? The first one or the second one? First one is helps you like not passing over a mitzvah. You have ad, it's for, the, the first time you get the you dalal adar you hit it. Mm-hmm. Other rabbi says no, it's better to do it next to geula. Okay, Rabbi Elazar says Tamad Shomer Hacha. He says a different pasuk. It says It says to fulfill this second letter of Purim. The fact that it adds the word second letter of Purim, they want to say points out that you use the second adar, and that's why it's adar bet, not adar aleph. We're on the bottom of Vav Amur Bet. No, it's not that one. It's, it's Vav Amur Bet. That's, that's, that's. Now, why do we have two pesukim? Why it's in the second adar? Because if remember, we have two different pesukim that are telling us it has to be the second adar. Bottom, bottom line, top of Zion and Ralph. Bottom over there. See the last words. It has to mention the word the second. That tells us exactly perfect. And it has to mention why. If it would only mention to tell us that it has to be the one closest to Nisan, I would have thunk. Like the question. Maybe it's the first Adar. That's what it says. If it only said the word Hashanit, so it, you would have thought that it has to do, you might have to do both Adars. Maybe you think there's Dupunims. If you didn't say the word, if you only said the word Hashanit, so you might have thunk that maybe you should do a double Purim. When there's two Adars, you do two Purims. And that's what says Kol Shana to tell you, Kol Shana just like every year, it's only the one that's closest to Nisan, so too this year, it's only the Adar that's closest to Nisan, but we don't do Purim in Adar Aleph, only in Adar Bet. Okay? Says the Gemara. Revelezer Yossi, Hayashinit Ma'avile. 
What about Rebelezer ben Yossi? Now, if you remember, Rebelezer ben Yossi was the rabbi who says that you're actually supposed to do Ad Purim in Adar Aleph. What does he do with the word Hashanit? He used it for Rishim Rehuda. Rishim Rehuda says that there was actually two Purim letters sent out by Esther HaMalka. He says the first Purim letter was sent out saying that we're going to do a special holiday Purim for all the people of Shushan. The second letter said that all the Jews in the whole world are going to keep Purim. And therefore, when he, he used the word Hashanit, not to tell you to do it in Adar Shani, but to tell you that we're doing it for all the Jews in the world, like the second letter, not for only the Jews of Shushan, like the first letter. That's what he used the word Hashanit in the Megillah for. Okay? Amar Queen Esther sent a message to the rabbis of her generation. Make the, the holiday of Purim, the miracle that we had, make it a, a, a holiday for all generations, not just in this generation, that all the future Jews should celebrate Purim. And make them read the Megillah. You are going to cause fights between us and the Goyim. When we celebrate Purim every year, the Goyim are going to say, look, the Jews are celebrating that we, that they beat us in, in battle. Yes, not going to be nice. It's going to cause trouble. So anyway, we're already written in the chronicles of Persia and media, and therefore everyone already, it's already in the history books. It's not like it's a secret, and therefore it shouldn't stop you from making the holiday. Rav, Rav Chaviva, Rav Yochan, Rav Chaviva, Matnu. They all, all these rabbis learnt. Whenever you see in Sed and Moed that these rabbis together, take out Rav Yochanan and add Rav Yonatan. Anyway, they're claiming the following. Esther sent a message to the Hachamim as follows. What was Esther's message? She said, Write me the generation. Before she said, Kavuni, make the holiday forever. Now she's asking that we should include Megillat Esther in Tanakh. Okay? Tanakh has a certain amount of books. Torah, Nevi'im, Kituvim. One of them is Megillat Esther. She's asking to be included in, that the rabbis who are Nevi'im in charge should include Megillat Esther as part of the Megillot. Okay? So what, this is Kitvuni, not Kavuni. So says, they sent back, it says, the Pasuk says, I already wrote for you three times. Meaning that there's three battles against Amalek that are supposed to be mentioned in, in, the, in, in the Tanakh. There was, what are the three battles? One is in, in, uh, in Shemot, when Moshe fights Amalek. One is in Devarim, where we mentioned that you're supposed to knock out Amalek. And the third one is in Shemuel when they fought against Amalek. So you're only supposed to mention three times the battle with Amalek. If we put you in, Megillat Esther, that's going to be a fourth time. Pasuk says only three times. That's why we can't put you in. They sent back to Esther. Until we found Pasuk Torah, Ketov Zot Zikaron Basever. Ketov Zot, write this, Mashkukan, what's mentioned here, what's mentioned in the Torah, in both in in Shemot and Devanim. Zikaron, when it says Zikaron, that's what that's in Nevi'im, when it says in Shemuel that they fought Amalek. Ba'asefer, 
זה מה שהוא מגביל לעשות. Since they found, uh, they found the פסוק, כתוב זאת. זאת means in Torah. זיכרון in נביאים, והספר has to be כתובים, so they don't have any כתובים. So therefore they can put מגילת אסתר in and make it part of the Tanakh, because they found a source in the Torah that they could put in this, you can't just put in a sefer in the Tanakh. They have to find a source in the Torah which would connect it in, and they found it. Okay. It says, Ketanai, like the Machok Ketanaim. It says, Ketov Zot, write this, Mashkutuka, what's written over here. Zikaron, remembrance, Mashkutuka, what's written in Devanim. Basefer, Mashkutuka, Nevim. And Basefer is Nevim. So according to this, you leave out, according to that, you would leave out Megillat Esther, because they're using Zot for Shemot, Zikaron for Devanim, and Basefer for Nevim, but there's nothing for Ketuvim. That's the very Beshua. Well, Zemodayim, where? No. Like we said before, Ktov Zot write this. That's for the whole Torah. That's for Shemot and Devarim. Zikaron is much ketub atonim. It's for only for Nevi'im. And Basef Rosh Hashanah is Megillah. And therefore, according to the Rosh Hashanah, there is room for putting Megillah Esther as part of Tanach. Amar Yehuda Mashmul Esther Ena Metamet Etaim Megillah Esther doesn't make your hands tamet. There's a rule that whenever anyone touches. A, uh, a Sefer Torah, it makes your hands to me. I don't know if you notice, when you get an Aliyah, they tell you not to touch the Sefer Torah with your hands. Well, take care. Yes. Because it could make your hands to me. But they're telling you that Megillah Tzitzit doesn't make your hands to me. Now, we thought that meant that it's not written with Ruach HaKodesh. And that's why it doesn't make your hands to me. Because the holier it is, the more it makes it to me. Remember, do you mean to say the Savad Shmuel Esther Lav Ruach HaKodesh that Shmuel was hold that Esther wasn't written with Ruach HaKodesh? We know what Shmuel said that Esther was written in Ruach Kodesh. Shmuel holds that Esther was, was written with Ruach HaKodesh, but it wasn't supposed to be written down necessarily. And therefore, when you write it down, it doesn't become holy, and therefore it doesn't make hands to me. Okay? May TV, we ask the question, it says, Kohelet, if you have a Megillah Kohelet written on a cloth, it doesn't make your hands tamer. And there's a Machlok about Shir Shirim, that's according to Tanakama. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Shir Shirim tamer tamer, Shir Shirim makes you tamer, and Machlok about Kohelet, there's a Machlok about Kohelet, the opposite. Okay? According to Shir Shirim, it's for sure, and Kohelet's Machloket. Rishimot says, Kohelet, Mikulei Bet Shemayim, Bukulei Mavimam. Kohelet is Machloket. A Bet Shemayim doesn't make it tamer, and Bet Shemayim doesn't make it tamer. But root Shirashim and Esther between them make you they do make you tameh. So according to this, they all make you tameh. They all agree that Esther makes you tameh. Mar says, no. Who the Amr Yeshua? He's holding like Kabir Yeshua, who holds it wasn't included. In Tanakh. And therefore, since it's not part of Tanakh, it doesn't make you tameh. Okay? Now, says the Gemara. Didn't they find a source? What? Didn't they find a source? That's according to one opinion. According to the other opinion, there was no source. Right? If you remember, we had two, we had a machlok in the original Brighta, whether Ktov Zot, Zikaron, Ktov Zot is the whole, is for the whole Tanakh, Torah, and then you have Nevi'im and Ketuvim, or Ktov, Ktov Zot is for Shemot. Zikaron is for Devarim. Basefer is for uh, Navi. And then there's nothing available for 
for this. And if, we go, if Shmuel goes like him, then that's why he's saying it's not Matuah Yedayim. Okay? Tanya, we went to the Brayta. Kuhel doesn't make you tameh. Kuhel is only the wisdom of Shlomo. It's not Ruach HaKod, it's just Shlomo's wisdom doesn't make you tameh. Amrullah, they told him, is that, is that all that's in it? It's only Shlomo's wisdom? It says that he mentioned 3,000 Mishalim. So obviously... It only has a little bit of his wisdom. So if it only has a little bit of his wisdom, he has 3,000 Mishalim, and doesn't mention all of them, it's not just his wisdom, it must be Ruach HaKodesh. It says, don't add to it, and therefore you can't add to it. So it says, now the Gemara asks, why do you have to have a second proof? What's wrong with the first proof? Maybe you'll tell me that really the whole thing is not Ruach HaKodesh. He just wrote a lot of things and he only put some in some not. Tashma, bring your proof. It says, the fact it says, don't add, it means it's, it means it's part of the Tanakh. Okay. Now we want to prove from the, from the Megillah that Esther is Ruach HaKodesh. So it says, Esther Ruach HaKodesh Nimra. Haman he has a proof, because the Pasuk says that Haman said in his heart, who does the king want to honor more than me? Now, how could the, how could the person who write the Megillah know what Haman was thinking? Must be, he said, that's the first opinion. Second, Pasuk says that Esther found favor in the eyes of all who saw her. How do you know? Maybe someone looked at her and thought she was horrible. Ah, you see, it's, it must be written with Ruach HaKodesh. Otherwise, how can they write such a thing? Okay? Next proof. It says that the thing was told to Mordechai. It doesn't say who told him. It sounds like he heard it with Ruach HaKodesh. Basuk says, when the Jews fought their enemies, it says no one touched any of the spoils of war. How do they know no one took a necklace? Oh, must be, it's Ruach HaKodesh. Okay? Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says another proof. If I was with those Tanaim, Shmuel's an Amora. But he says, if I was with those Tanaim, I would have said something better than all of them. All of them, a better proof. It says they, they, they fulfilled and they accepted. It means that they, they accepted on, in Shamaim what the Jews accepted over here. The only way you can know what, what they accepted in Shamaim is if you have Ruach HaKodesh. All of them you could knock off, except for Shmuel's that you can't knock off. This last thing that we just said about be accepting in Shamaim. Okay? First of all, this Rebeleza said, remember Rebeleza said that it was Ruach HaKodesh, that Haman said in his heart, could be that that was just logic. Meaning, we see that Haman asked to go on the, horse, the king's horse, so it must be that he did it because he thought who, that, that he was going to be the one who, who they're talking about. So it's not necessarily that it's a proof that, he, that it was Ruach HaKodesh. And also, did it be a, First of all, there was no one, no one better for the king than him. If he asked for so much, the king's horse and the king's things, this probably he was thinking about himself. That's the logical. 
Rabbi Kiva, also Rabbi Kiva, who says that Esther found favor. Rabbi Lazar says that everyone who saw Esther thought she was from her nation. You know, if you were Persian, oh, she looks Persian. The fact that they said they look like her nation is a sign that he, she found favor in their eyes. And therefore, must be that, that she found favor in everyone's eyes. Maybe that's what it means. We don't not Ruach HaKodesh necessarily. And this that we said that it became known to Mordechai, who said that's Ruach HaKodesh? Maybe Biktan and Teresh were two Tashimim, and since they were Tashim and he spoke the language, he was able to figure out that they were plotting against the king. Not necessarily that he had Ruach HaKodesh. Could be he understood the language, that's why he knew it, like that rabbi said. This, 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 this that we said that they didn't touch any of the spoils. Maybe that's maybe that's a proof. Maybe they sent messengers and they found out no one, nothing was taken. Okay, the Shmuel but Shmuel is no is no knockoff. One sharp pepper is better than a basket full of melons. If you have one hot pepper, it's better because it's one strong proof knocks it better than all the other proofs that have a knockoff. Okay. Yosef here's a different proof. Yosef is another Amora. Here's a different proof. It says that the Jews will never forget Purim. How can we say the Jews are never going to forget it? Must be Ruach HaKodesh. Okay? Never going to forget? How do you know? Okay? Next. And they will never forget, forget it from their children, even more straight up. Even the children will never forget Okay, we mentioned that Matanot Levionim has to be redone in the second Purim, second Adar. Okay? Tanir Yosef, Umashloch Manot Ishlereu, says, Mashloch Manot Ishlereven, Shte Matanot Ishlerechad, you have to give two foods to one person by Mashloch Manot. Matanot Levionim, plural, which means Shte Matanot Shnebne Adam, you have to give two gifts to two different people. Again, one, two gifts to one person, this is two. To, to, by, by the poor people, it's two to the same, two to two different people. Okay, you need two anim, but you only have to give one mishloch manot. Okay? Manot. Okay? Rabbi Huda, Nasiya, center of Oshia, the thigh of a calf, which was the third calf born, and a bottle of wine, a beautiful mishloch manot, right? Big, big piece of meat. The thigh of the best thing and a beautiful thing of wine. Rosh sent him back. Kimit, I'm sorry. Rosh sent him back the message. He says, When you sent it to us, you should know you did. You got both both mitzvot. You got two items, and you got matanot levionim because we're poor people. Okay. Rabbah, Shadli the Mori by more, but Bayad Abaya, Malataska de Kasha. He sent him a basket full of dates, Umali Kase Kimcha de Avusha, and a cup full of flour of roasted wheat. Amalabaya Hashta Amamur, Ichakla Malka, Lahave, Lahave, Dikla Mitsuta Lonachit. 
when he sent him dates and roasted wheat, which is not expensive, even though he was a big rabbi then. So Abaya told Rabbah, now they're going to say, when a peasant becomes a king, he doesn't take his basket off his neck. Which means, even though you're the Roshiva, you're still sending these cheap Mishnah Manot. You used to, before you were poor, but now you're the Roshiva, you have to send befitting Mishnah Manot. Okay, it's Abaya telling Rabbah, which is surprising, it's his Rebbe. Hadashadr le'ihu, Mariba Moore sent Rabbah, Mala taska de zangbila, a basket full of ginger, umala kasta piltach arikta, and a cup of peppers. Amrabaya, hashtamamor ana shade chulia, ve ihu shade churfa. He's going to tell him, I sent you sweet stuff, dates and and uh, and roasted wheat, and you're sending me back this hot stuff, like hot peppers and ginger. Okay? You know the ginger that you eat with the sushi? Yeah. You don't eat it, huh? I don't like it. Amrabaya. Sushi's good, why? I don't think they should try it next time. When you left the rabbi's house, have a seven, I was full. When I got there, they brought me 60 plates with 60 types of foods. I ate 60 pieces. The last dish he gave me, I used to call it pot roast. I wanted to eat the plate after I finished it. That's how good it was. Sounds like the food was good. You see from here that poor people are hungry without even knowing. He thought he was full and he was able to eat all this. So you see that poor people are hungry without even knowing. Another proof you can see that there's always room for dessert. Even though he ate all the 60 plates, he ate from all the 60 plates. He still wanted to eat the pot roast. to proof that dessert is always room for. They used to send their purim su'udas to each other. Which means, um, doesn't mean, some, some explain it to mean that they used to eat purim su'uda with other people. This way it made, made it more fun. Others say that they actually the poor and they switched him their uh, they switched their meal. I was eating a sandwich, you were eating a sandwich. I sent my sandwich to you, your sandwich to me, and this way you were, where you would say mishloch manot. That's why maybe the rabbi gave um, a little bit cheaper shloch manot, cheaper shloch manot, and I don't feel that when they maybe maybe <clears throat> that was a different rabbi, I think, hmm. right? Amar Rava, mechayev inish lebesumim b'puri ad lo yedab and maharur aman v'mukhur chayev. A person has to get drunk. So you don't know the difference between Arur Haman and Baruch Mordechai. Here's the story. Rabbi Rezer, they used to make the Purim feast together. If some, and they got drunk. Rabbi got up and he slaughtered Rabbi Zera. The next day, so Rabbi prayed for Rabbi and he made him Tchatamatim. Okay? Pretty good, huh? Not so bad. The next year he offered him. Let's eat, let's make two sudat put him together to get together again. Will you take the invitation? No. No. So listen, not every year do we get a miracle, and therefore he would not do it. He brought him back to life, but Abzair didn't want to, didn't want to, wasn't ready to go for the next the miracle the next year, and he told him, "No, thank you. I think I'm going to have sudat put him somewhere else." Okay. Now. Uh, 
some bring this as a Gemara saying that you don't have to get drunk on Purim. Because the fact that they ended up with this story that the rabbi got killed is a proof maybe that you don't have to get drunk. Because the first statement was they have to get drunk. I guess, I don't know. Sudat Purim Shachabla, if you ate Sudat Purim at night, Lord said, you weren't night, you'll say. My Torah, what's the reason? It says, Yemeh Mishteh Simcha. It says, the days of Mishteh Simcha. They have to do it during the day, not at night. Therefore, if you ate it on the night of Purim, you're not, you'll say. You have to eat it during the day, Sudat Purim. Okay? Rav to Kane, he was sitting in front of Kana. It got late, the rabbis weren't there. He says, why are the rabbis not coming to learn? I'm Purim. Dilma Tari Bizrat Purim. Maybe they're busy with Sudat Purim. Amale. Why are they eating Sudat Purim now? Rav Ashi asked, why couldn't they eat Sudat Purim last night? This way they could be on time today to, to, to learn. So Amale said, told him, Lo Shamile, didn't you hear what Rav said? Sudat Purim, Shachal Balay, Lo Yatabu Dechabu 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 that's why they're not doing it at night, because they, if you did it at night, you're not going to say. Amalei told him, He said, did Rabbi really say that? He says, yes. He says, okay, he heard, he reviewed it from him 40 times. And he knew it like it was secure in his pocket. And therefore, he didn't know it, but since when he heard that this rule that it has to be during the day, he reviewed it 40 times, so he should remember and never forget that Sudafim has to be only in the day. That's what it sounds like to me here. Okay, maybe we'll stop here at this Mishnah. We can learn. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.